Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we are so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. Since the beginning of this year, the Lord gave us a word for our lives, our ministry, and that word was course correction. And that's why we've been in a series for weeks now that we call Crossroads, because I believe that's where we're standing. And it's not just us. I know many of you watching this right now, you're at the same place. You're at a crossroads. Because when you progress in God and you dedicate your life to living and fulfilling His plan for your life, you're going to come to a crossroads. You're going to come to an intersection and a place where you have to hear His voice tell you, Continue straight, hang a left, make a right. This is a place where decisions are made about direction that you take. That's what an intersection is. That's what a crossroads is. And that's where we're standing right now. And I believe many of you are too. And I'm grateful once again that God put his wisdom for us in that place. That's why the scripture says in Proverbs 1 that wisdom cries out at the head of a noisy intersection. And it takes you and I being, being sensitive to hearing the voice of God's wisdom speaking to us so that we don't miss that turn, that we don't go flying through that intersection and look up one day and think, was I supposed to turn somewhere? No, you can hear God speak to you when it's time to make that turn. But you're going to have to just, sometimes you got to stop. If you've, if you've missed a turn, you need to stop. You need to ask for directions. You need to follow those directions. That's what I want to get into in this broadcast today. So watch this. You'll be blessed. Why else does somebody miss a turn? One, they don't receive correction. They won't receive it. And what that's really an indicator of is pride. Sorry, I don't guess we're done with this one yet. That's an indicator of pride. That's an indicator that I know the GPS is saying, turn right. I think there's a better way. Oh, now, now I'm hitting home, aren't I, fellas? I think there's a better way. I know it's sending me this way, but I think there's a better way. If I just, if I'll just go straight here, and if I, no, I, I know a better way. What do you do? You turn it off, right? Because if you leave it on, it's going to keep trying to bring you back to that other way. So you turn that off. Why? Because you know a better way. But that's pride. And pride will not follow instructions. Pride will not heed correction. And way back in the day, when you didn't have any of this technology to tell you where to go, and guys, all you had was your wife in the front seat asking you, are we lost? Do you know where we are? And you just keep going and going and going. No, I know right where we are. I know right where we are. You know what pride won't do? Pride won't stop. Pride will just keep going and just keep going and just keep going. When the very thing that you need to do to stop the madness and get yourself out of this lost mess that you're in is stop. And she says it. It's no wonder that wisdom's voice is always a her throughout scripture. And she's, she says, she says, dude, should we stop? Points at a gas station. We could stop there. <laughs> We can stop here. Should we stop? No, no, no. I know where we're going. I know where we're going. I know where I am. Because pride won't stop. Because if you stop, then what are you going to have to do? Ask. And pride won't ask. Why? Because pride already knows. See, this takes us right back to what we started with a moment ago. The reason God loves to fill his people with, humility, or with wisdom is because it requires humility to ask for it. 
That's how you get it. That's the key to getting wisdom. That's what James said. Anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask. Asking is humbling. It's humility. It's humility to say, I don't have what I need, but you do, and I want it. That's humility, and he honors that. He loves that. He can work with that. Humility gives him access, but pride won't stop. Pride won't ask because if pride stops and if pride asks for directions, now what's pride going to have to do? Go with somebody else's instructions. And pride won't do it. But this is how you get the help of the Holy Spirit. You stop and you ask and you follow. And that's what humility does every time. I humble myself. I'm lost. I am not on the road I need to be on. I'm not on the road I set out to be on. This path is not dripping with abundance. (laughs) This is not the path of life. This path is not getting brighter and brighter to the perfect day. If anything is getting darker and darker, stop. Stop. And uh, it can be especially hard if you've got people following you, a family, children, a spouse, staff, a ministry, congregation, partners, if you've got people following you, it can be especially hard to stop and turn around to them and say, guys, I don't know where we are. But how much respect would it garner from the people if they've got a heart for God to hear you say, I don't know, but he does. Let's stop. Let's stop and ask for directions here. Let's stop and find out. One, are we in the right place? Two, if not, how do we get to the right place? Let's ask. That's humility. Pride won't do it, but humility is quick to do it. Quick to stop, quick to ask, and quick to follow. This is how you get the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is, um, I think this is practical for us. This is something we can put in practice, I mean, like tonight, tomorrow. You know what I mean? You can recognize whether or not you're on the right path. And if you're not, get on the right one. Why do people miss their turn? Thank you, Lord. Pray with me for just a minute. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Father, we ask you where you would direct, where you would correct, where you'd instruct us to go next in our lives as a family. We're asking for your wisdom, Lord. You said we could have it. You said you'd give it to us liberally, generously, without reproach. If we just ask and ask in faith. Why don't you say it out loud right now? Father, in Jesus' name, I stop and I ask you, sir, fill me with the knowledge of your will. Make it clear to me. Make it plain to me. Am I on the right path? Am I going the right way? Give me your direction. Show me your instruction. And by your grace, by your help, I will follow in Jesus' name. See, what we're doing right now is a good illustration of something. 
And you see it in the ministry of Jesus in more than one occasion, more than one place. It's slowing down. I mentioned to you this a moment ago, but this is a big reason. People miss the turn. Just moving too fast. Just moving too fast. I know I've done it, naturally speaking. Just flown right past it. But if you get to moving too fast on the inside, it can be difficult to hear and to heed the voice of wisdom going, turn, 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 turn. You've got to slow this pace on the inside. And learn to recognize if there is a panicked or a frantic pace going on the inside, you've got to learn to shut that down and not be drug around and pushed and driven by anything or anyone. No matter how seemingly important it is, the illustration that comes to mind is in the book of John when Jesus got word that Lazarus, whom he loved, the scripture says, was sick. And what you and I do typically when we find out somebody we love is in a bad way or they're sick, man, it's jump and run time, isn't it? I mean, if somebody close to you, and you, especially if you've got the power to do something about it, and oftentimes, even if you don't have the power to do anything, you just feel like, I just got to be there. And you go and you leave whatever it was you were doing. You leave whoever it was you were with and you jump and you run. But you know what Jesus did when he heard Lazarus was sick? nothing. You want to know for how long he did nothing? Two days. He sat still. Even to the point where his disciples were going, what are we doing? And he sat still. Well, you know this, Jesus doesn't do anything that he doesn't see his father do. He doesn't say anything that he doesn't hear his father say. So what's he doing? Waiting. And I believe it's as simple as this. Sickness doesn't tell Jesus where to go. Jesus tells sickness where to go. But Jesus does not live and operate on sickness schedule. And that very well may have just been a discipline of the flesh to sit still. And if you've got children, you know that is often how you discipline the flesh. Sit still. Can you do it? Can you sit still for just a moment. And spiritually speaking, and on the inside, can you be still long enough to hear? And you know how that whole thing turned out. Jesus' patience where he was and not jumping and running to Lazarus' side resulted in the greatest miracle of his ministry outside of his own resurrection. Patience. Why do people miss the turn? Moving too quick. You say the wrong thing when you speak out of pressure. You do the wrong thing when you act out of pressure. If we had time, we'd go through verse after verse after verse in the book of Proverbs that all talk about the, the resulting um, destruction that happens when you move too hasty, too hastily. Poverty is the result of being too hasty. Destruction and loss are the result of being too hasty. Moving too quick. I'm thinking about another time that Jesus was in a group of people and teaching 
and the religious leaders interrupted the whole thing and brought a woman they said they had caught in the act of adultery and they threw her down and they said, Moses in his law commands us to stone such a one. What do you say? And the Bible says they, they asked him and they asked him and they asked him. This they said, pressuring him and pressing him and testing him. So it wasn't like they just said it once. They stood there pressing, pressing. Come on, what do you say? What do you say? We want an answer. We want an answer now. This is pressure. And it's that pressure on people that gets them in a panicked and frantic pace. And they go, uh, 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 I, well, w- well, what I would do, see, see what, I would, what I would do here is, see, and we just have this temptation to try to fill every moment because we're not comfortable with the awkward silence. There is a temptation and a pull on the flesh to fill every moment with something. But you know what Jesus did? He just kneeled down in the ground and started writing. And the scripture, this is one of my favorite places in scripture. It says he did this as though he did not hear them. Did you know you can do that? (laughs) Jesus gave you liberty to treat some folks like you didn't even hear them. When the pressure's on, what's he down there doing? Waiting, waiting. Because this is a critical moment not just for this woman, but for him and his whole ministry. It looks like there's just two choices, stone her or don't stone her. What are you going to do? Well, if he goes with stone her, then everybody out there who's there receiving from his great mercy and compassion is now confused because now he's no different than these hard-hearted religious guys. But if he says, don't stone her, they came to him with the law in his face and he didn't come to break that law. He came to fulfill it. So if he says, don't stone her, now all of a sudden he's broken a law and this whole thing's off. Can you see the pressure? That's what pressure does. It comes and gives you two bad choices. So what's he doing? Waiting. Waiting. Can't miss this turn. It's too critical. What's he waiting on? Wisdom. It requires the wisdom of God to answer these people. He's waiting on a word and he's waiting on the wisdom. And I don't know how long it was. Scripture doesn't tell us. But however long later it was, he got it. He got the word he was waiting on. He got the wisdom that he was waiting on. And he stood up and he said, option C. He who is among you without sin, let him cast the first stone. Did we break any laws that day? No. Did this woman get put to death? No. Glad we didn't miss that turn. And we have it written and recorded for all of history and all of eternity. The great compassion of our Lord. And it came as the result of not moving too quick. Waiting on a word. Slowing down, stopping if need be. Can you see it? Sarah, how many times have we had to do this? Get excited about something. And we were teasing each other just this week. Just stuff going on around here in our lives and we're pressing and we're moving and we're thanking God for the future and we're getting light and it's all happening and it seems like it's happening quickly. And there is a fine line between excited and obsessed. 
Can I say that again? There is a fine line between excited about the future and obsessed with it, where it's nonstop on your mind and you can't be in each other's presence without talking about that thing or you can't go to bed without laying awake there thinking about that. And there are times when you got to say, as good as it is, slow down, slow down. And then I'll say this to you, we'll be done. Learn the difference between something that's moving quickly and something that's rushed. Because there, there is a difference. Fast can be okay. Rushed is not. I saw this more clearly in my life than I'd ever seen it before. And it was when I met Sarah. And most of you know the story, but before we ever met, the Lord had pointed her out to me uh, in a photograph that my cousin had on her desk. And I said, who's that girl? And I spent the next several months trying to find out about that girl. Never spoke to her, never had a conversation, never communicated. But just a few months after seeing that picture, I was in prayer one day and the Lord starts talking to me about her and says, that's the girl you're gonna marry. You're gonna meet her in March. You're gonna marry her in September. You're going to Africa together. And that was like December 31st, January 1st. So we're talking about three months from that day meeting somebody and being married three months after that. That's quick, right? But it happened just that way. And there would be a lot of people that might look at that story and say, well, that's too quick. That's too quick. That's too quick. And it could have been if it weren't for the buckets of peace we had. There was not a rushed moment in that whole thing. We met Wednesday night, March 7th. 2007, Branson, Missouri. We did our best to be either in each other's presence or on the phone with each other nearly every waking moment for the next several months. Three months later, I asked her to marry me. Three months after that, we were married. The wedding was beautiful. Mary, my mother-in-law is here tonight. Perry, she put on a beautiful wedding, got the whole thing together. It didn't lack for anything. We had a gorgeous tent outside and with this beautiful dinner and everything was wonderful. But I mean, back me up here. Was the whole thing peaceful or was the whole thing peaceful? It was fast, but it was not rushed. See, rushed has to do with the condition your soul is in. Panicked has to do with what's going on inside. And the whole time there was just so much peace. There was, here's a big indicator that you're on the right road. No strife. There was no strife. And how many wedding stories? I mean, when the people had a year to plan, (laughs) there's so much strife. Why do you think they can call some people bridezilla? Because there's so (laughs) much strife and confusion and panic and frustration and pressure involved in it. And here, this whole thing happened from meeting to marriage in six months. without an ounce of strife or pressure, just peace. So learn to recognize it. Is strife present? Stop. Stop. Let's slow down. Is confusion on the scene? Stop. Slow down. Slow down. Amen? I don't want to miss a turn. Not because of some foolish thing I'm doing moving too fast. I don't want to miss a turn because of some you know, pr- 
pride and arrogance that I don't tell me how to drive. I've been driving for all these years. This has been my life for 40 years. I can handle it. I don't want to miss a turn for something stupid like that. Not if making that turn means prosperity. Not if making that turn means life. I certainly don't want to miss that turn if it means God flourishing in our lives and himself being on display and himself showing, showing himself strong to us and through us. I don't want to miss that turn. You? I mean, I know some of you in here tonight. I know turns are being made as we speak. Right? That's a good thing if you're being led by the Lord. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.